Hello, everybody. This is Bill Knauer, and you're listening to Author to Author, where we talk about writing and life, because what it takes to write the book you want to write is also what it takes to lead the life you want to lead. It's true. It's true. That's the way it works. Whether you like it or not, that's the way it works. Author to Author is brought to you by Author Magazine, the premier free writing magazine on the internet featuring articles on writing, you know, the craft of writing, the business of writing, but also the writing life, just what it takes to be a writer. I do one three times a week. It's called the Editor's Blog. They're little essays about the intersection of everyday life, creativity, spirituality. It's all there, but I also have video interviews with best-selling and award-winning authors across the genres, all types of people right now. My conversation with Jennifer Longo, up-and-coming YA writer, lovely writer, great interview about her, her book, What I Carry, and just her interesting um, transition from being an actress to a playwright now to a, a novelist. Fascinating woman, great conversation. Check it all out at authormagazine.org. And we're funded, as always, by the fabulous people over at the Pacific Northwest Writers Association. They have been supporting writers from pen to publication since 1955. Yes, they have. And I love being a part of that group. Uh, we teach class. Hey, if you, now listen, if, you, uh, if you're in this Seattle area, I'm going to be teaching a class there at their little headquarters in Issaquah. If you're not from around here, you won't know what Issaquah is. But if you're around here, you might know. Anyway, if you're in the Seattle area, Fearless Writing, a one-day workshop I'll be doing in April. Yeah, I don't know if it's up there yet, but I'm going to be doing it live. You can take it with me, Fearless Writing. They offer uh, other things, too, you know, if you can't be in the Seattle area, but you still want to gain benefits from being a part of the PNWA. Well, they, uh, you can listen in to live uh, monthly meetings. Yes, you can. That's what they do. So uh, check it out. Check it out. You can also register for their upcoming conference in September. Yes, you can. That's already begun. Learn all about it at pnwa.org. All right. Uh, for me, I think I mentioned last week, I'm going to mention it again. Maybe you don't live in the Seattle area, but maybe you'd love to take a fearless writing class with me. Well, fear not. I'm doing them online, but I mean live online. All you need is like an iPhone or an iPad or any kind of computer with a built-in webcam, and you can join in this live video fearless writing workshop that's going to be the 29th of february and then the next week i'm doing fearless marketing how to apply learning how to apply your inherent creativity to that marketing side the thing most authors do not like to do fearless writing fearless marketing teaching them both you don't have to be in seattle i got people from down in california i got people out in new zealand all kinds of people are taking the class you don't have to be in seattle check it out if you're interested uh it's very reasonably priced and it's uh you can learn about it on my website, williamkenauer.com. It's right there on the homepage. Okay, that's out of the way. So a few weeks ago, I tried to have today's guests on, and it just didn't work out. Technical problems. Well, we figured them out, and John Michael Cummings is back. John is the author of the nationally acclaimed coming-of-age novel, The Night I Freed John Brown, which was the winner of the Patterson Prize and recommended by USA Today for Black History Month. In 2000, his 2011 short story collection, Ugly to Start With, was an Indie Fab Award finalist, hailed by the Philadelphia Inquirer for its sharp observations, surpassing grace. His last novel, Don't Forget Me, Bro, was excerpted in the Chicago Tribune. Over the last 20 years, John's short stories and essays have appeared in more than 75 literary journals, including the Iowa Review, North American Review, the Chattahoochee Review, Alaska Quarterly Review, and the Kenyan Review. But he's here with us now. John, how you doing? 
<laughs> I am just fine, Bill. Wow, what a what yeah. an introduction. I, I can know. feel can the golden crown shifting. <laughs> I can feel the golden crown shifting around on my head here. <laughs> well, sure. Well, you did all that. You did all that. Wait, let me ask you something. When you were a young fella, just a young uh-huh. pup, growing up in yeah. in Harper's Harper's uh, Harper's Ferry, Ferry. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. was right. there? And when did it did it dawn on you that like actually let's not even get to writing. Just like I like stories. I like it never. Well, it it never did, Bill. Uh, You know, uh, I was the last person who should have ever succeeded or be having an (laughs) attempt at success. And the last person probably to ever uh, to ever become a writer. I was an absolute flat out. Well, I was a flat out failure in high school. I graduated at the bottom of my class. I. had been yeah yeah it's not a it's not a nice polite you know belletristic cushy story i was no. um i i you know i barely made it through high school i had a really rough father and yeah. uh, no one in my family uh went to college no one was uh, literate right. really uh they were just uh they were just working class and so yeah. i barely made it through high school as i say at the bottom of my class i had several yeah. Misdemeanor arrests uh, oh, so before I ever attempted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you they know, were not. You know, misdemeanor. Yeah. I mean, by the way, that protects it. You know that they weren't too yeah. serious. <laughs> right. Right. And, and so, um, I, um, I really don't believe I had a chance. You know, a snowflake's chance in, in well, you know where, <laughs> where? in getting, yeah. uh, getting forward. So. Uh, wow! You know, so, I I finally made my way out of West Virginia to Virginia to Fairfax, Virginia, where I went to uh, George Mason University, and um, uh, <clears throat> I found a savior, Mark Craver, who's deceased, unfortunately, is a poetry teacher. Mark Craver, C R A B E R. He said, "You are an interesting person. You wow. have a lot to say." You have felt a lot of pain. You are going to write. I'm not sure what you're going to write, but you are going to write. And uh, wow. he was a really fabulous fella. He invited us, uh, his students, over to his house where we all, you know, he had boxes and boxes of his Twinkies, and we all got sugar high <laughs> and talked about writing. And uh, <laughs> No espresso or, or English breakfast tea, no Twinkies. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> there was no, there was no tuna fish and spinach. <laughs> no, no. Okay, good. Well, he, 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 he was pleasing, he, a crowd pleaser, the Twinkie, uh, even to aspiring writers. Okay, so he'd go over his house, and he was a. Sounds like he was a, a good teacher, a good teacher. He was a fabulous teacher. Yes, he was. Unfortunately, he was obese, and he deceased. Uh, he died well before his years. He was only forty-five, and uh, you know I shouldn't. Mentioned Twinkies and then uh, obesity oh, right. in the same sentence, but um, um, I'm not sure the exact cause of death was not clear. But he died uh, in his sleep. But uh, you know, this was a few years after I graduated from George Mason University right. in Fairfax, Virginia, and I had wow. begged my way into the college. You know, and I was actually fairly good as an art student in high school, huh? and I had a very good 
portfolio of portraits and landscapes, yeah. both in oil, acrylic, and pencil, charcoal, pastel, and I showed all of them to the registrar at George Mason University. Now, that's in Fairfax. Yeah. It has gained a lot more uh, stature, more sure. acclaim well, yeah. in the years since then. Yeah, yeah. And she a lot said, you know, yeah. right, she said, you know, your transcripts are terrible from high school, <laughs> but I think the college can benefit from having an artist of this caliber. Wow. In, uh, you know, our it's program. funny, that would not happen now, I do not think. I think that it nature. Would not. Nope. My son nope. went to college recently, or graduated recently, and I was astounded at the what a they were charging and just how difficult it was to get into certain schools. That when I was a young fellow, it was just like, yeah, anyone can go to the Boston University. Now it's like, right. It's very. I don't know what. There's just a lot more people going to college. I think is all I can guess. But all right. So uh, you know, it's interesting though. That was a tough start. Um, I should say, it was uh, a tough start, Bill. It really me. was. Yeah, mm-hmm. you wrote about mm-hmm. it, and you sent me a piece that was really beautifully done, and um, and you wrote about your childhood, and but you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. Um, hard childhoods. Now, mine wasn't brutally hard. It had its challenges, uh, mm-hmm. but hard mm-hmm. childhoods can make for some awfully good writing. They can make for drug addiction and 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 criminality, <laughs> but they can also make for good good writing if if taken in the right direction, you know? I love how you say that, drug addiction and criminality. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's true. What is, someone said to me the prerequisite of a of a writer is a terrible childhood or something to that effect. Yeah. Yeah. Mine wasn't terrible, but it did in fact you know what's funny? I had a friend who wanted to write and we were having a drink, and we had taken like a writing class together. And he's like, you know, this is my problem. I really love my parents. My father's a lawyer. He 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 gave us a really good house. Like my childhood was just fine. I don't think I have anything to say. I, <laughs> oh I think gosh. I'm screwed. <laughs> he's, so really he was proud. wishing that he was a sufferer. <laughs> yes, that's right. So he wished that enough. he had suffered, and <laughs> right. <laughs> So all right, but well, so, you, yeah. so you discovered poetry. I'm just gonna. So you discovered poetry, which I was is a great in sure. to all kinds of writing. I think whether you're gonna oh. write poetry or essays or fiction, whatever. I think poetry. That's oh, really yeah. where I began to really learn to write. I think. Oh it yes, it's the highest. It is a truly majestic, beautiful form at its ultimate. Uh, yeah. Poetry is just uh, an absolute, the best place to start. You know, yeah. it has uh, no rhythm. wiggle room. It has no, cadence. No fat. Can't can't right. You can't just go on and on. You got to get to right, it. Yeah. right. It can be either rhyme or it can be free verse, Whatever but it is want. real and raw, and it teaches you. It teaches uh, the writer, you know, to use, uh, you know, the earthworms of words. It teaches you to er- to use that kind of nitrogen rich earth of language, which you can find. Right. You know, but you have to seek it down your bones. As, yes, you do. Uh, the writer was she Natalie Goldberg, who said, uh, "Writing down the bones." I yeah, think was one was of her book. books. Yeah. yeah, I got and to it interview. You know, see, she was on this show too, John. You see, so you're in really, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I think she's really implying the marrow of bones and what's inside, yeah. and. Uh, you know, Bruce Springsteen was a big influence, and we know how tremendous and terrific and powerful and prolific of a writer he is, yeah, songwriter, he and yeah. how he reaches into that, into the center of the bone, 
and yeah. uh, and manages to very successfully achieve it, whether it's by himself uh, with a guitar or with his uh, band that is often the size of a symphony. You know, how is it getting big these <laughs> hey, days? Yeah, yeah, he has. Uh, I mean, sometimes you, if you look, he has a couple of violinists <laughs> and well, why a not? whole choir behind him. <laughs> why not? Well, yeah, why not? Let's go back. So you're you're in Virginia, and what was the name again of the teacher you loved? Mark Craver. C-R-A-V-E-R. Okay. So Mark yeah, Craver. I believe he died. Yeah, Craver. He was a poetry right. teacher, a lecturer yeah. at George Mason University. Okay, so you're taking this class from him. And, and mm-hmm, let me mm-hmm. let me just let me just ask you. So you 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 were taking this class from him, and uh, you're a guy who's been struggling. You haven't been happy. You're feeling like a failure. Right. And then right, this, right, this, this right. man, a sort of a pseudo father figure, comes to and says something yes. fantastic. And the yes. I, where he says you have something to say. So this is a beautiful thing to hear. It's it's moving. But this is right. the deal. If you can lead the horse to water, at some point you had to decide for yourself that you actually like to do this. You had to decide for yourself, I can do it. Do you remember when you began to recognize within yourself that, 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 the, that, the, that the medium language was as fascinating to you as, the, as drawing or speaking or music or whatever? Yes, I remember it in his eyes when he looked at me and said that. And we may oh, have been you recognized it back in yourself. Pe- I recognized, I saw the conviction in his eyes, and we may have been passing a, a Twinkie back and forth. You know? <laughs> I can't sure. remember. He he drove an old crappy truck with a, it didn't have a gas pedal. It just had a rod what? at the floor, and he drove it with barefooted. And, uh-huh. um, you know, he was kind of a, kind of a, a lovable lunatic, you know, right. and uh, he wrote wonderful poetry, but he, I remember it in his eyes. He said, you will write, and it was very uh, contagious, and it yeah. set me forth. And um, so I managed to get through George Mason, but at that time, I actually had an art degree. It was Studio Arts and Graphic Design, so this was the last semester that I had taken his class. Wow. It was oh, only so as an elective. Right. 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 Oh, man. No, okay. no, I was already had years of work in graphic arts and studio arts. I had made tombstones or gravestones, which is a more right. up-to-date <laughs> word, and uh, I had done I like some tombstones better. <laughs> yeah. Tombstone Hill, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had done silk screening at uh, in Florida for uh, um, a contractor for Disney. So my path was art, but I was so discouraged in Northern Virginia by the commercialized aspect, which was where I was living while going sure. to George Mason. And I had so much pain in me, pain with a difficult relationship with my father that in my sure. poetry, Mark would say to me, you've got to get this out. You're going to write. And then right. he said, you know, just those words, you are going to write. It was like an order. It was almost wow. like he was sending me forth in life. Yeah. And so I did. And, That's great. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty remarkable. And then I went to um, – you know, I had a girlfriend at George Mason, and she had gone to Rhode Island, ah, uh, where her where parents lived. Yeah, that's where I grew oh, up. Oh, you were? Yeah. You're, you're Where'd from, you go in Rhode oh, Island? Well, uh, she was born, uh, she, um, her parents were in Smith Hill, if I've got oh, it yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. Smithfield, Rhode Island. Uh, very yeah. much a, 
Right, very much working class, not exactly. Oh, yeah. sure. Right, not Brown University. No, uh, no, that's, I grew and, up in the shadows of Brown University, as a matter of fact. Right, 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 right. Not not RISD or Brown New nope, York University. Right. Yeah, no, no. Out there in the sticks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where everybody owns a pizza parlor and could be connected with the mafia. <laughs> Possibly, yeah. Always the possibility. Possibly. <laughs> yeah. So we were uh, we moved to Newport. We were first yep. settled in in Providence, and then we moved to Newport. And I had a real um, stalking phenomenon of John Updike, you know, our great oh. uh, our great um, yeah. man of yeah, yeah. style, our great man of letters. And uh, I loved his writing. I loved it because of the syntactical elo- eloquence of it. It was sure. really something how he had a a really vivid, uh, dripping kind of portrayal of the scenes, and he just had yeah. a, such a command of the sentences. And I almost, well, I actually did feel like a stalker. I went to his hometown. Well, I don't know if it was his hometown, but it was where he lived, in Ipswich, yeah. Mass, uh, Massachusetts. And um, uh, I went with my girlfriend at the time. Yeah. Well, actually, I'm sorry, my wife. and. uh yeah. We pulled into town, and she said, there he is. There he is. And I really? said, no. No. I said, no. And then I looked at him, and I saw that kind of hawkish profile, and I said, yeah. that is him. Wow. You know, that is him. He's jogging. And I knew yeah. he had – I knew that had, that was his way of easing the day, was right. jogging. Now, even though he died of lung cancer – I ran up to him and I had a manuscript in my hand. Oh my God! And, you know, oh, and no. he said, "Oh no, no, no! I'm not Mr. Updike." But you know, one look at his profile, right. he has a very, very distinct right. face. And right. He knew I. He knew that I knew he was lying. <laughs> right. And he, and he said, "I'm not Mr. Updike." But what does I expect him to do? Take the manuscript and, sure. how, and how jog on with it happily? How right. Were you? were you like um, 25 or something? Well, yeah, I'd say uh, toward 30. Yeah, toward 30. Wow. And my oh, wife at the time said, you know, Mr. Updike, I love your rabbit, your uh, your rabbit series. Yeah. And though she hated it, she really he didn't did. like it at all. She oh, I knew like this one of the Pulitzer Prize for Christ's sake. <laughs> no, well, she she despised his writing. She thought it was. Uh, she just oh. really didn't like it at all. Okay, and, but but even though she was ingratiating for for the, my sure. benefit, and so uh, he ran on, and he ran on. He got away, and then a lady said, <laughs> you know, a lady came out of the shop. It was a secondhand clothing store. She had watched the whole thing, and he had a question mark on the back of his shirt. It was upside okay. down. It was a curious right. thing, and she said, "I know where he lives," oh, and I gosh. thought. <laughs> And she gave me very specific directions. She said, you've got to cross the railroad tracks, take the first left, and you will see signs. And and I wondered, what did she mean by signs? But then I realized as I drove through this very serpentine road, you know, Updike had always wanted to be, well, had been a cartoonist. And uh. on the trees, there were all these oddball signs like, whoa, you know, slow down, and then on the next curve, it would be, wow, watch it. And there'd be a little <laughs> funny face. And the next one would right. be, slow down, geez. You know? And so right. I followed it all the way around. And then I went up to his 
great house, and uh, you know this was within an hour of how of having encountered him in Ipswich, Massachusetts, right on the yeah. main street. You know, just having drive driven in, kind of blindly, and my wife saying, ex-wife saying, there he is, and yeah. so I left it, and then uh, no reply. So I came back. I returned, Bill. I was really kind of PO'd. I came back about three weeks later, and I left it again. Oh, and my God. Time, I'm sorry. I know. I, I came back at John. 3 a.m. Oh, my God. All right. <laughs> well, whatever. You didn't know any better. Okay. <laughs> I came back, and I ended up there at 3 a.m. in the morning. I was oh. I was just peed off. You know, I said, right. how dare you ignore me? And so I left the right. same uh, manuscript with a hefty over postaged SASE and I said there's no way he can excuse himself from not responding. You know, I put three dollars okay. on this envelope, you know, yeah. he's gotta respond. He wrote back, he said, you know, there are nice touches in these stories. Um you know, try to create how did he phrase it? More uh more uh interest and about whose resolution we are curious. So he had to use that King's English, you know. He had to use yeah. that yeah. Updikean phraseology. So he actually wrote he said, back to you. That was he did. Yeah, he said, he, "Well, <laughs> God, I was, you know, having driven up there. <laughs> this was not a short drive. I mean, you know, New England yeah, no, has I a know. real." <laughs> and he wrote back. He he ended it. He said. Keep writing, but don't keep sending them to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. All right, so now he said, he said, he said, you're a, uh, you need an editor. I'm a dead end, and I was just ticked off all the more after that. What? So, oh my God, um, you were so so nice of him to give you that. All right, but so now, okay, so eventually, sir, let me ask you this: If now you've published. Uh, a lot of stories, a couple books, right. another book. Right. If somebody started right. showing up at your door with a manuscript in their hand, what would you do? What would you do? <laughs> would you take it and read it? Would you take get the hell off of my porch? I would let loose my Rottweilers. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I think I would just hope it go away because I'd probably be struggling to get something done. Um, right. It would depend, you know. It always depends on the potential of the writer. I think if yeah. they really, you know, if they really are bad. Well, I shouldn't say bad, but without the apt potential to be a strong literary writer, uh, if they are in that category, then I might not respond. But in his case, I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not sure. Of course, I showed up at 3 a.m. and I was that's terrified. Pretty, you know, that's a. It was, 3 a.m. is yeah. like getting close to calling the police time of day. <laughs> right. Show up at, but right. you know, it was meant to be. So let me ask you, so now you've, got, you've written a bunch of stuff, obviously, still doing it. For you, when you think well, about it writing. Even, it gets even crazier. <laughs> Go ahead. How so? <laughs> What's that? Well, I moved to <laughs> – I was in Minneapolis. My wife and I, uh, you know, we we had problems and we split up. And I moved to Minneapolis because uh, I had a, a friend there, and I wrote a little bit of work for the Utney Reader, which is an okay. alternative new ma- yeah. news magazine. Yeah. So I think it yeah. ceased publication. And I also yeah, wrote I for uh, 
uh, Business Monthly magazine out there while I was working on my fiction. And I finally said, you know, I've had enough of this. I'm going to New York City. And I got on a Peter Pan bus. Peter Pan was the cheapest service I could find. And I ended up in New York City on President's Day, and this would be 2000. And it was the worst bitter day. And I ended up in a youth hostel uh, down on lower Manhattan. And I was living, uh, well, I was not living. You don't call a youth hostel living. You just just call it dwelling. Yeah. Yeah. And um, everybody, it was the funniest thing. Everyone held their shoes under their arms because they were so (laughs) mistrustful of the other person because they they were afraid of them stealing it. So it was President's Day, and I'm hiking around the avenues uh, with a 70-pound duffel bag on my shoulder. And I'm not a very big fella. But I didn't. It didn't occur to me that I could have put it in a locker somewhere. Right, I'm dragging it around. So I'm dragging it around. I'm gaunt, you know, because I'm not eating. I'm gaunt because I'm just not taking the time to eat, and right. it is brutally freezing. You know, New York City between the two rivers is colder to me than Minneapolis yeah. uh, in the dry cold. So it's right. that damp cold it's that just was killing brutal. me. Brutal. Yeah. So I ended up at 666 Broadway, and I bet you know where that is. I actually don't know where that is. Well, that is the office of Harper's Magazine, and um, this was President's Day, and I said, you know, I have sent a zillion manuscripts to this guy, Louis Lapham, and here, here I am, and so I went up. And lo and behold, the front doors were open. This is President's Day, 2000. I guess that would be February. I'm not sure. Mid, late February, I think. Uh, well, it's coming up. And uh, there was light on in the back of the office. And uh, I kept going back. And I'm not scruffy looking, but I am having – you're, exactly, you're not quite homeless guy, but you're like someone who might be homeless in a, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> right. <laughs> Okay. I could be a lunatic, right? Right. <laughs> I do have that 70-pound green duffel bag, and it's hard yeah, to know what's inside little it, suspicious. right? Right. <laughs> so there he is, uh, and I don't really know him by image. I don't know right. him by. You know the name. I have been yeah. right. I know the name, and I have submitted a zillion uh, short stories to him from Minneapolis. Oh my God! From uh, everywhere I've lived, from right. from uh, Newport and from uh, Fairfax, right. and I've gotten no reply except form replies, and right. a few times okay. kind of. Uh, and, and there he is. He's in a. He's in a. Um, he is in a beautiful, beautiful blue, and I think it's a pinstripe suit, and he has what I think is uh, a fake tan. I can't be sure. Yeah. But it does not look – it looks sprayed on. Uh, you know, gotcha. God forgive me if I'm wrong. Well, and he's smoking, a parliament, <laughs> he's smoking a parliament cigarette. That I was close enough to see, and he's at what I think is an IBM Selectric. All right, typewriter. tapping away. Not yeah. a computer. Not a computer. Wow. No, this is 2000. Right. He didn't have to be. Right. Yeah. And I said – he looks up, and there I am. And I'm not a big guy. I'm only 5'7", right. or, you know – on my tiptoes, and he looks up, and I said, Mr. Laughlin, it's John Michael Cummings from Minneapolis. And I said it as if he would be full of, you know, he would rejoice and say, I've been waiting for you forever. Right. (laughs) And he just, uh, he gives me a fairly blank look, 
And then he stands up and he said, well, our offices are closed today. He does, I think, at a moment recognize that I've been, you know, I had been pounding him with submissions. I'm not sure, you know, that he knows that he recognizes that I've been one of those guys who won't go away. And um, and so he said, we're we're closed today. He's quite strikingly tall. And as I say, um, he had a very... I kind of think of an unnatural tan and a beautiful suit, and I thought this is fairly remarkable. He's on a in a holiday in a suit, obviously doing some work in the office. All of the other offices were dark, and the glass doors were wide open. And this is at six six Broadway, six 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 Broadway, and you know six 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 has a terrible oh, I know. Yeah. connotation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever get over it. <laughs> wow. And so, uh, so yeah. he, he escorts me to the door, and he says, yeah. uh, you know, we're closed today. Uh, and I think he's just is doing his best to get rid of me. So I just, you know, I'm as polite and uh, as I can be, and I try to be as non-threatening. And then I do send him a new story after I've settled in the city. Yeah. And uh, he said, I wish I had room for this. But I think my problem was that I was not writing short stories of the right length. You know, Harper's, most of these big ones were taking 6,000 word short stories, not 2,000. And I was so geared for the 1,500 to 2,000 word short stories, which are a little short of what they wanted. But, um, (laughs) John, John, my friend, you know what you are? You are a storyteller. You are a (laughs) storyteller. That was one very interesting. You have wound your way to the very end of our show from beginning. We've only gotten as far as the year 2000, but that's enough, apparently. And I have to say, uh, I, I wish I had even a quarter of your stick your nose in it because, uh, that you do. Uh, God knows where I'd have gotten in life if I had it, but I don't, unfortunately. So uh, oh, now I'm going to ask you. You're great. Before I turn you're you. You're great, Bill. Oh, I love you. You're, you're terrific. Uh, I'm, I'm really going to ask honored. you one more question. One more yes, sir. Mm-hmm. succinct question. Uh, mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. simply, here's what I want you to do. I want you to finish this single sentence. If writing has taught you anything, it's taught you what? Guts. Guts. It's taught well, me. I think you had it to begin with, but it taught you to rely on them, that you need them, that you got them. Yeah. 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 Fight. Fight for what's what's important. Yeah. And uh, never, 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 never give up. And that's what I would say. And also, don't think about the past, but treat each day anew. That way, just fight each new day. And that way, you don't have to worry about the fatigue from previous days. You know, just forget about those. They're gone. Just take each day and attack it. Yeah. I love it. You know, and that's, I love it. John, yeah. keep writing those stories. I will, keep sir. Writing your I will. And thank you so <laughs> much for coming on the show and for these fantastic stories. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's my pleasure and honor. I'm right. so happy to be a part of your, uh, part of your program. Well, yeah. it was great having you on, John. Thanks again. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Oh, what a story, people. God, you see? 
You just never know what's going to happen when you put yourself out there like John did. And it's good to have your guts. Be strong. And you know the key to guts? John actually, I think, quite tapped into it. Key to guts, the courage, we say, is being present. Fear, boys and girls, fear is a story you're telling yourself about the future. That's what fear is. And pain is a story about the past. But all your courage, all your potential, it's in the present. It's true. It's true. It's true it is. Okay. Thank you to my uh, producer, RJ Jeffries. I'm going to be back again next week with the lovely Jess Safaris. Oh, she's a very cool person. Uh, I'm glad to have her on the show. First time author. It'll be a lot of fun. Until then, all you people, go find something you love to do and do it. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.